something came to my mind that uh, I've been thinking about it. How many times have, uh, with all the things that have been going on with the elders, and specifically with Rick, um, how many of you thought about, um, were you um, regretting anything or have any disappointment at all in, in the whole thing that's going on right now? Did anybody think like you have any regrets or disappointments? And you'd have to be honest about that, you know. Um, something came to me the other day. Uh, I, I wish I could have done this. Remember the woulda, shoulda, couldas? You know, uh, I wish I'd done that. I wish I'd done this, whatever. And I remember some of those expressions that we have. Um, even we learned coming up, it's expressions in the world. Uh, no use crying over spilt milk. You know, isn't that true? And uh, things that are, that have already passed, you know, you say, you say to yourself, well, I'll, I'll never get a chance to do that again. But in God, there's, there's something else you need to realize. Um, so um, there were things that you say, well, I, I wish I'd done this better. I wish I'd done that better, whatever. But if it concerns the spirit and the will of God and the word of God, is the word spirit. Is God's spirit the one that gives us the word, opens our understanding and so forth? Can God bring those things around again? Are they stored in the spirit? In other words, does the spirit ever forget it? There's no way. But here's the thing I will say. Sometimes because we have not uh, put ourselves forward with the effort that we should have in certain things, it'll cost you. It will cost you from time to time. But does that mean that you cannot make a decision now to make things better, to do better than what you have done before? Um, I, I thought about some prayers I said years ago. And uh, I put this title up here, Disappointment is for the Wicked, Not for You. Uh, the thing is, uh, I, I made some prayer requests, and I, I am so glad God disappointed that request. So does God work in, uh, it, it, he will use that enemy to, in a way, to disappoint that request. Because the thought was not a thought of God. In fact, it says you pray to miss. So if you pray to miss, was that of God? No, the thought is not of God. So he may have used that, that enemy, that thought, to show you, I'm going to disappoint this. And then you're going to have to start looking for another way to, to get this thing accomplished in your life. Maybe that you had the wrong thought, or maybe you had the wrong intention. And I'm going to tell you another one. Boy, do we may have had the wrong, uh, we, we put it in ourselves, or we just said, uh, this is what I want. Well, how do we say it? Um, something that you want, an expectation. I'll, I'll use that term, an expectation. And you had an expectation of something, and your expectation was not good. You didn't realize it at the time. But you found out later that that expectation was not good. I expected this to happen to me, and I expected that to happen to me. Well, God had to show you that maybe there's some things you still had to accomplish before anything even close to that would ever happen, you know? So it's kind of an amazing thing. We, as we mature, we figure out that uh, God just simply does not answer some of those prayers because they are amiss. If he did answer them, do you realize how much trouble you would be in? Even right now, 
You know, you say, God, but that's what I really want. That's what you were putting your heart's desire. Yeah, it may have been, but it wasn't the desire of the Lord. So this is the thing that's important for us to understand. And I see it two ways in this. God disappoints it so he can give you something better. Isn't that true? It's never a disappointment just to disappoint you. And no, he's going to say, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you better understanding of this. I'm going to counsel you. I'm going to give you wisdom concerning this thing, whatever. And then when you get that, you realize that's why that didn't work. Isn't that true? Because it was something that you had an expectation of or you wanted that would not have been good for you. In fact, it would have been detrimental for you for that thing to come to pass. So sometimes God uses those enemies to bring the disappointment. I'm going to talk a little bit about that a little bit later, uh, using an example. But, but there's two ways that where God will do the, the disappointing or, or, uh, of what that thing was because he's looking out for you. Uh, prophet, plus, it doesn't go along sometimes with prophecy, does it? It's something you want. It's not something that God has put in prophecy for you. It's something that you have an expectation of. So God said, I'm going to disappoint that. Um, remember uh, when those two disciples, I, they asked me, well, who's going to sit on, their mother's the one that went up and asked, who's going to sit on your right hand and on your left when you come into your kingdom? Was there an expectation there? It, was that the right thing even to ask? It wasn't. So he gave them an answer, hey, my father in heaven will decide that. I'm paraphrasing. At the right time, who's going to do that and whatever. But to be walking with him in a lack of understanding, already seeking to be on his right hand and on his left. <laughs> and God said, wow. You know, he had to correct that. Even the time when they said, actually, we sent fire down from heaven and burn up this village because they didn't receive you, whatever. He said, do you know what spirit you have right now? Did, did he have to disappoint that thought that they thought? Well, they were in a wrong thought of authority, weren't they? Yeah, we're the apostles. We're, we're with Jesus or we're the disciples. We're following Jesus and and because they didn't receive our master, let's just burn them up. And he said, whoa, 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 whoa. This shows me that you still have some understanding that you need. And, you know, you won't think that way, you know. I remember when they stopped a man from, remember, they went out two by two and said, Lord, we found this man preaching and teaching your name and we forbade him. And Jesus said, once again, he looked at him and said, oh, here we go. If he's not against us, he must be. For why would you forbid somebody speaking the truth and doing the things that Jesus has sent them out to do? Why would you forbid them from doing that? But no, he wasn't with us. He didn't walk with us. So we determined that, that maybe this was not the right thing for him to do, whatever. And Jesus told him, said, very simply, he said, you know, somebody's doing something, you know, the right way toward me. You accept him as a brother. Bring him up. Yeah, work with him, man. You know, so... This is the way it's going to work. So I, I think about this. I ran into a couple of scriptures. I thought they were kind of neat. And I was thinking about how I've, I've actually heard people say, gosh, I wish I would have listened to Rick better than what I did. I wish I would have fulfilled the things that he talked to me about. I wish he had done this. I wish I, wish I had done this is what they're saying within themselves. And uh, the regret back there. But I know the Spirit holds all things. If, if God said that by Spirit, and what is it 1426 of John says? It says that he's going to bring all to your what? So can you trust that? Now remember I said it may have cost you, it may have put you back a little bit or whatever in your understanding.
you may have remained a child longer than you should have been a child, things like that. You understand where I'm going with this? But can you change into the now, the here and now, as Brian calls it, and start walking for God now and let him do the things he's going to do? Can that word come back around again in an understanding for you? It can. Did you miss out on anything? You only miss out if you never make up the now, the here and now, and start doing what you're supposed to do. You hear where I'm going with this? There's a greater resolve that you want to do better. And we are all, I love what I see happening in the church. You know, the, everything that's coming forth and whatever, you know, and the, the pastor's wives, everything. There's a move of God going on. Jesus is in our midst. That's what Dan said. The story of God is going forth in us. Is the story of God in you and in you? Yes, it is. The story of God is being made known to you. So you can understand that this will of God that he's doing right now, nothing's going to stop it. What's going to stop the will of God? Only you can forego things and make it hard on yourself. Well, I won't follow him. I won't obey him. I won't trust. You see what I mean? Then that puts you. But, but the will of God itself, he's going to find somebody to do it. You think everything depends on you? God's going to find somebody to do it. God will get that thing done, and he's going to do it. I, I, I love that when he was uh, talking about John the Baptist. And John the Baptist had told his disciples, he said, you know what? I must decrease and he must increase. He had told his own disciples that. And, uh, but when they, Jesus got the word that he had been beheaded and so forth, um, and so he, he said, this is fulfilled now. He was the forerunner for me to tell people about me, preach repentance. And what am I preaching? Repentance, the same thing, see? And so he said, this, this is good. This is a, he, John even told him, he said, I'm not even worthy to tie a shoe, you know. But, but I was the fore, and I'm blessed to be the forerunner. And then Jesus made a very important statement. He said, if you can believe it, John is Elijah. So Jesus knew the secret. The spirit, it never, doesn't change. That spirit from back there was the same spirit that was in uh, John the Baptist. Let me give you another one. That spirit of Enoch which was the same thing that was in the spirit of Elijah, which was the same thing which was in the spirit of John. So did that spirit continue to do the work of God all the way through? Will it continue to do it even now and all the way through to wherever God wants it to be? That's what I'm trying to tell you. That's how it works. However God wants to use that spirit and your spirit in you, however he wants to use it, he's going to use it. But you have to be willing. You have to be obedient. You have to believe. You have to believe. You have to love God. You have to love the body. You got to trust God. You got to have faith. You see how these things, I can just rattle them up. We all need that, don't we? Where do we get it from? We get it from God, don't we? We get it from the word of God. He supplies the very thing we need in order to worship him better. This is a good thing. Um, I think this, I'm going to try and see if I can get remember this. Uh, <laughs> I'm laughing at my daughter. I sent her uh, a reminder. We're on, you know, if you want to listen. I'm sorry, Danny, I'm at work. <laughs> so um, here's where I think it's Proverbs 15. Let's go to that. Uh, listen to this. 
Folly is joy to him that is destitute of wisdom. You hear what that says? It, folly is joy to him that's destitute of wisdom. He doesn't have wisdom, but he gets joy from his folly, from being foolish. Have you ever seen people get joy from doing foolish things? They do. He said, you get joy from doing something foolish, and you don't even care about the wisdom I'm trying to give you. That's what he's saying. But a man of understanding walketh uprightly. Oh, see the difference? Without counsel, purposes are, what's that word? Disappointed. Without counsel. Whose counsel? God's counsel. I'm going to tell you that now. A lot of the stuff that these elders are doing now, all of us, we give a lot of counsel. I think about a week's time about how much counsel I've given in that week. And it's going to increase. It's going to increase. More and more counsel because as we move forward in God, there are going to be more and more questions that need to be answered. Huh? More counsel that has to be given. Or we will see manifestations of things or we're discerning things where we have to go to the person and give them counsel. Isn't that true? Very important. Without counsel, purposes are disappointed. But in the multitude of counselors, they are established. Ah, how many of us have gone to several counselors of, you know, among the elders and whatever, and you find out, man, each one of them's contributed something to help me to overcome. They all gave me a word. Isn't that true? Multitude of counselors, they are established. A man hath joy by the answer of his mouth, and a word spoken in due season, how good it is. I don't know how many times something was spoken to me at the right time in due season, and it saved me right then. Isn't that true, Ernest? What was said, it, it just hit me like a ton of bricks, and I said, oh, my God, this is what I needed. It was spoken in a due season, in the time that I needed it. It was spoken to me, and it helped me. It helped me to overcome. How good it is, a word spoken in due season. The way of life is above to the wise. Way of life is the things we've received from above, huh? That he may depart from hell beneath. <laughs> so if you receive that stuff from above, you will depart from hell. Death. Because you're receiving it from heaven, aren't you? This is what God wants us to understand. He, he just makes a, a, a comparison here so quick. The way of life is above to the wise, but he may, that he may depart from hell beneath. The Lord will destroy the house of the proud. If you ever thought that that pride is not going to be dealt with, it's going to be dealt with. I, I told, I think I was telling my son, is that pride is, is a tree. It has deep roots, deep roots. And those roots may sometimes be bitterness or hatred or anger or, you know, whatever it may be. But those are the roots. And then it comes up to the main trunk of pride. That whole tree is, is pride. Then it goes out to branches. Oh, I get offended easily, or I don't love, or I, I hate, or, I, you know, whatever it may be, those branches start going out. It's a tree. It, pride is the beginning of so many different things. It's not just one thing. It's many things. And then, you know, the, the, those things get to the point where there's anger and jealousy and wrath and all those things are coming up in it. And it all started because of something that happened with a pride. It, it, we don't want to admit we're wrong. We don't want to say that we did the wrong thing. We don't want to say we went the wrong way. We don't want to, you know, and then we start contending. I'm going to tell you we're probably, we start contending with the things of the Lord. How do you think it gets to the point where, where they start accusing God? How does it ever get to that point? You think maybe pride is the, the derivative, the main thing that starts that, to where you can accuse the creator, God, 
of being unjust? That's been done, hasn't it? Oh, you're unjust. That shouldn't have happened that way. I had a guy telling me one time, he says, man, if God was the God that he says he is, I mean, all these starving children in the world, all this stuff, you know, they go to that, you know, what they can see here. And I tell them all the time, I say, do you ever stop to think why those children are starving? You, you ever stop to think about how crooked those governments are? That money and stuff has been sent in, that food has been sent to them, and they siphoned it off so they could get rich? Why are there flies flying all around that kid's face? Why is he not eating? Why is he not getting milk and bread? Why is he not getting, because it was given, you see what I'm saying? So you say, oh, yeah, why does God just don't settle on it? Why, why don't those men do the right thing? Why don't they hear God? Why, you, you see how it works? They blame God, but really it's man. It's always been man. It's been man. So the thing is, is that you have to uh, put things in the right perspective. You have to go back to the origin of things, and you can understand them better, huh? The Lord would destroy the house of the proud, and he will establish the border of the widow. So he cares about the widow. He cares about the woman that does not know him, that doesn't have, doesn't have the husband. Does that make sense? She doesn't know God as her husband. She's a widow. She was married to death before. She was married to Satan before. I, I love that testimony that, that Michelle gave. Uh-huh. Satan was my husband at one time. No more. Wasn't that a good testimony? That's a great testimony. It was a great way to put it. Who's the husbandman now? Isn't it Jesus? Am I part of the body of Christ and my husband is Jesus? That's what she can claim now. You see how this works? All of us can. But see, before, we may have been married to the wrong thing. You see how that works? And when you start talking about a marriage, you start talking about intimacy. You start talking about being joined together. What did Dan talk about? We want to be joined to the Lord. We don't want to be joined to anything else because that many times before we have joined ourselves to a bunch of things that we didn't need to be joined to. And we've, we've come to the thought or the realization, man, I wish I'd never done that. You joined yourself. Here we go with that disappointment and regret. Don't, don't, don't worry about that. If you can make your mind up now in the here and now to do what God wants you to do, can everything change? Oh, I know it can. I know I can. That's why this is talking about disappointment. The thoughts of the wicked are an abomination to the Lord, but the words of the pure are pleasant words. He that is greedy of gain troubleth his own house. Well, we've seen that, huh? Greedy of gain, you trouble your own house. If your thing is to get rich in this world or to have much abundance or even to have all the knowledge you think that you have more than somebody else going after your own knowledge, if you get greedy with all that stuff, guess what? <laughs> you're troubling your own house. But he that hateth gifts shall live. You know, they tried to give all those gifts to, uh, to the prophet for, uh, what was it? I think it was Haman. The, was not Haman. What did they call him? The guy that had to dip in the Jordan seven times. Can't remember his name right now. He was a warrior for the Syrians. And anyway, uh, remember he tried to give him a gift after he went and actually did what the prophet told him to do finally? And his skin came back on like baby skin. All the leprosy was gone, right? And, uh, and so he said, I'll, I'll give you gifts. He said, no, I'll keep your gifts. Just want to show you what God can do. That's it. And he was mad because the prophet wouldn't come out and talk to him face to face. <laughs> Sent his servant to tell him what to do. Wow. I'm a great man. You know, of the, I'm a general of the Syrians. He needs to come out and talk to me. No. He sent Gehazi. Said Gehazi to him, he said, no, my master says do this and you'll be fine. 
you know, here's that pride again, huh? And he said, there's a whole bunch of rivers better than this Jordan that I could be dipping in. This is a nasty river here. It doesn't make any difference. What did God say? You dip seven times in that river. And when he did it, when he was obedient, when he didn't look at the circumstances and just followed by faith, remember his little uh, slave girl was the one that told him? Little damsel that had been captured in one of his forays out there. And she's a little Israelite girl. And she said, Master, if he had told you to go climb a mountain or defeat a, a, a garrison of people, something, you would have done it. And he thought about that. He said, well, I guess I can go dip in a dirty river. And he did it. And that seventh time, when he came up, skin like baby skin, because he had followed what the Lord said to do. Isn't that cool? Yeah. It is Naaman. Yeah. So, so what the thing is, is that we have to come to the point where we just start following God by obedience. Just be obedient, period. That, that's what, don't worry about disappointments. Don't worry about regrets or anything like that. Just let's do the here and now. Let's get on fire for God now and stay on fire for God, seeing the things that he has done for us. Very powerful. The heart of the righteous studieth to answer, but the mouth of the wicked poureth out evil things. Have we seen that? Have we seen evil things that pour out of somebody's mouth? I, I have. I've seen it many times. Sometimes it's, it was directed at me or my family you know, or whatever it may have been. Sometimes I see it directed at other people, just the evil coming out. Wow. But the mouth of the wicked poureth out evil things. The Lord is far from the wicked. If you haven't realized that God is far from the wicked, he's looking at the wicked all the time. And he said he's going to reward the wicked and that he looks at the things the wicked do every day. You think that escapes God's, God's sight? No way. He's looking at it all the time. And then he said, now how can I use this? <laughs> That's what he said. Now how can I use this? How can I disappoint the will of the wicked? How can you disappoint the will of the wicked? Let's disappoint it. Let's make it let me use it as a servant and then make my, my servant stronger. I'll let him be my servant for a while. And I'll disappoint what the wicked want. I know the wicked have had many things geared toward me, pointed at me. I was telling one of the elders the other day, I, there's a, a thing, a being that has nothing but pure hatred toward me. And I feel it. I haven't quite discerned everything that's in that spirit. But it hates me with a great hatred. That, that's a powerful thing to know there's a spirit that hates you and wants to get at you. And you know what's keeping him? Who's disappointing him? <laughs> Guess who's disappointing them? I want to get them. I want to get Something keeps blocking me every time. Yeah. God disappoints the wicked. He does. The Lord is far from the wicked, but he heareth the prayer of the righteous. Wow. Isn't that good? If you ever thought God doesn't hear the prayer of the righteous, but you got to be righteous, huh? He hears the prayer of the righteous. Got to be righteous here. Not outward doing outward things. Oh, the Pharisees could do that. Put the long robe on, stand in the marketplaces and say long prayers and stuff. No, not outward. Can you do that? Can you pray inwardly? Can you be for real? Isn't that a term we like to use here? Let's be for real. Let's, can you be for real with God and like, let God know the innermost thoughts of your heart, whether they're good or evil? Because you know what? He knows them anyway. 
But you confessing it, that makes the difference. Say, Lord, I need your help. You know what is in me. David told him one time, you know what's in me. You know what's in my heart. He does, doesn't he? So I, I want you to take care of it, Lord. You take care of it. And that's going to be a blessing. Let me take you to another place. Um, it's Job 5, I think. Let's start at verse 11. To set up on high those that be low, that those which mourn may be exalted to safety. God cares about those that are mourning or in deep uh, contrition concerning something. And he'll take them to a place where it's exalted. He'll take care of them. You know. He disappointed the devices of the crafty. I love that. So something crafty trying to work in you, he's going to disappoint it. That's if you're following God. That's if you're a righteous man. He's going to work for that. This is like that spirit that hates me. God's going to disappoint the crafty. Oh, he's very crafty in what he's doing, but my God knows all things. So he can thwart that, can he? He can disappoint the work of that crafty being. So that's what he's going to do. He disappoints the devices of the crafty so that their hands cannot perform their enterprise. They want to get a hold of you. They want to put their hands on you. God said, ah, he's going to... <laughs> I'm disappointing you right now. No, you can't do that. He's my servant. Come on. Come on now. You're not going to do it. He says he's doing He disappointed the devices, everything they plan, and the craftiness of the crafty so that their hands cannot perform their enterprise. They can't do it. Do you realize who you are? If you're a son of God, daughter of God, child of God, do you think that this applies to you? Oh, it most definitely does. There are things God has saved you from you don't even know. He's pulled you out of it and took you around it, whatever, and you didn't know that thing was waiting on you. Balaam, quit beating that donkey. He's saving your life. If you, you, keep, it, you keep dropping down, to, uh, he, and the donkey said, have I ever not done what you asked me to do? If a donkey talked to me like that, I'd listen. <laughs> I would listen. I would listen. Why do you keep beating me? Haven't I always obeyed you? Yeah, you have. Conversation with the donkey now. And then Lord opened his eyes. And he looked at that little space between those two rocks where he had to pass through. And there was an angel of the Lord there with a sword. And then he realized, whew, that donkey saved my life. Ah, saved my life. God was set to destroy me because of the thoughts in my mind. So then he had to be restarted, rebooted. And God talked to him and said, now, I'm going to let you go. You're not going to die now, now that you've seen this. But I want you to say this specifically to Balak when you get to him. And then he had to speak what God said to speak, huh? Very powerful. Got rebooted in time so he didn't lose his life so he can go and say the right thing. This is powerful stuff. He taketh the wise in their own craftiness. The counsel of the forward is carried headlong. This is good stuff. They meet with darkness in the daytime. Isn't that stuff always in the dark? In a dark place? Even if it's a dark place in you, aren't they always in the dark? Don't they like to do their work in the dark? But who shines a light on that darkness? You see how that works? 1 Corinthians 4 or 5. He shines that light on the hidden things of darkness. 
because they try to hide in it, don't they? He shines a light on it, and God opens up and shows you what's waiting for you, what you're dealing with right there. Isn't that powerful? And then he tells you, I'll join myself with you, and let's go defeat this thing. Let's overcome this thing, those things that come out of darkness. They meet with darkness in the daytime and grope in the noonday as in the night. Wow. But he saveth the poor from the sword, from their mouth, and from the hand of the mighty. So the poor hath hope, and iniquity stoppeth her mouth. Behold, happy is the man whom God correcteth. We ought to be happy every time God reproves us. Every time he corrects us. We ought to be happy. We ought to be saying, thank you, Jesus, because I would have gone a wrong way. You see how it works? We ought to be happy when we're correct. Ah, don't do that. And some get offended. Don't get offended. Don't get offended when the truth comes to you. You say, I, I yield. I yield to you, God, because you obviously did this for me to keep me from getting in trouble. Isn't that true? He did it for you. So say thank you. Be, rejo rejoice that you missed that. <laughs> wow. Behold, happy is the man whom God correcteth. Therefore, despise not thou the chastening of the Almighty. Don't despise it. No chastening seems to be pleasant at the time. Doesn't it say that? None. But what if it works out? He, he, he chastises those that are his sons. So that must mean, if he's chastising you, that you're a son. Now, if you be without chastisement, then are you a, ah, he don't want you to be that. He wants you to be his son. So will he chastise you if he needs to? Will he reprove you if he needs to? Does he do it because he loves you? That's it. For he maketh sore and bindeth up. Uh, Dan said something one time he was here. You remember? I don't, forgot what the reason was he was here. He had come to visit us, but he was preaching something specific. And he said, you know what? Sometimes God wounds you so he can heal you. The wounding gets your attention. And then he can heal you. <laughs> That's what the wounding. Anytime I've ever been wounded, even in this natural one, whoo, that gets my attention. If, if I got a, a big hole in my shoulder because I fell on a spike or whatever it may have been, I'm bleeding with it. Does that get my attention? It gets my attention, doesn't it? And when that wound is all healed up, I'm, am I better? I'm better. But spiritually, think about what God has done. Sometimes he has to wound you, allow you to suffer your parable so that he can heal you. You got enough of that now? Yea, Lord. Okay, now let me show you what I'm going to do. I'm going to heal you. You see how that works? God loves us. For he maketh sore and bindeth up, he woundeth and his hands make whole. He shall deliver thee in six troubles, yea, seven. You think those those abominations? He'll rescue you from every abomination if you let him. And there shall no evil touch thee. In famine he shall redeem thee from death and in war from the power of the sword. Thou shalt be hid from the scourge of the tongue. Neither shalt thou be afraid of destruction when it cometh. Whew! At destruction and famine thou shalt laugh. That's <laughs> if we understand God, right? If we understand God, we can laugh at it. Oh, it doesn't mean we're not going to experience it. It means that we know God is going to take care of it. It's like everything else he does. He's perfect in it. And he'll take care. We know that we're rescued. We know that God's going to make a way out of no way because we trust God. That's the key. 
At destruction and famine thou shalt laugh, neither shalt thou be afraid of the beasts of the earth. You don't have to be afraid of those men. God's trying to show you that they are beasts, aren't they? Oh, they are beasts. And, and he told us we ourselves at one time were beasts, weren't we? Wow. I think it's Psalms 49 when he talks about, about the beast, a man in honor without understanding. Is it 49 and 12, something like that? For thou shalt be in league with the stones of the field, and the beasts of the field shall be at peace with thee. God will cause those beasts to be at peace with you. God will cause it. That's powerful. And thou shalt know that thy tabernacle shall be in peace, and thou shalt visit thy habitation, and shalt not sin. Oh, what have we been talking about lately? He's going to visit our habitation and make sure we don't sin. Isn't that cool? Is he in us? Thou shalt know also that thy seed shall be great, and thine offspring as the grass of the earth. Thou shalt come to thy grave in a full age. Look at these blessings. Like as a shock of corn coming in his season. Lo, this we have searched it, so it is. We've searched this thing out that we've just been talking about. We've searched it out, and so it is. We found out it's true, isn't it? Hear it and know thou it for thy good. Hear this. Know it's for your good. Isn't that cool? That, that's a powerful thing, man. So who's the disappointment for? It's actually for the wicked, huh? He disappoints their devices. He disappoints what they try to do. Don't you go back and settle yourself down in regret or in disappointment because there's something you can do about it. Isn't that true? People settle down and, oh, I guess I'll never. Oh, they just uh, over and over again. And you know what that is? That's a, a type of condemnation. Oh, I don't know. I regret everything I did. Okay, stop regretting. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? See what I mean? So I condemn myself. I regret. I'm going to keep regretting it. Oh, this is so bad. I should have done this. I should have done that. You're wasting time. You're wasting time. You're wasting time. Get up off your duff and start moving. Let God do what he's going to do for you, and you don't have to worry about the disappointment. Disappointment is for the wicked, really. But sometimes God will use that disappointment to stop you from going the wrong way. He'll, he'll employ that thing as a servant. Stop him. And you think of it, oh, that's just evil messing me up. No, God sent him. He allowed him to come, <laughs> he allowed him to, come to stop you from what you were going to do. And to show you a little bit of what he can do toward you that bothers you. And you say, oh, man, I hate when this happens. Isn't that what you say to yourself? I hate when this happens. And say, so let's do something about it now. God sent that for you to learn what it is. Uh, what's another word? Uh, you can determine what it is. You can discern it. And you look at it and you say, wow. Now, why is that thing bothering me right now? And you have to stop and think, God sent it. <laughs> he allowed it to work. And so now this is your opportunity to do what? Let's overcome that thing. You see how it works? But really, the d disappointment was for the wicked thing. But he's going to be disappointed because what he thought to do to you is not going to come to pass because you came to the realization that God allowed it, so now it's time for you to overcome it. Isn't that cool? That's how it works. All these bad things happen to me. Oh, stop. Think. Hmm. Maybe God is... I'm supposed to face these things. What did uh, Brian tell you, Ma? Go right at turn, right into it. He said, don't let that move you. 
You move it. Go turn right into it. I told you about that ambush we got, we learned when I was in the military. They used to turn right into the fire. Where they're shooting at you, turn right into it. More, they found out more people live that way because you overcome their firepower with your firepower. But if you don't do anything, they'll sit there and cut you all to pieces. You see how that works? So they said, turn right into the fire. I said, whoa, 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 man. You're telling me, <laughs> when I was in ITR, uh, I said, you're t infantry training resident. You're telling me I should turn into it? He said, yeah, and pour everything you've got in your weapon right into it. And keep walking. Don't stop till you walk right through it. They found out that 70% of the guys lived when they did that. When they didn't do that, almost 90% of them were killed in that squad. So what would you say? Say maybe it's a good, somebody had some experience? Uh-huh. What and Brian told Claudette, turn into that fear. Come right into it. Walk right into it. Don't let it overcome you. You overcome it. You see how that works? Ah, disappointment is for the wicked, not for you. It's not for you. The regret's not for you. Let's move. Do the now. Let's go forth in God. Woulda, shoulda, couldas. Forget that. Do what you can do right now. Well, Lord, I don't have that much strength. He will give you strength. You start doing and keeping the word of God, doesn't wisdom and understanding come? The joy of the Lord is your strength, right? Well, where is that joy coming in? The wisdom. Isn't that how it works? Wisdom is the principal thing. So in all thy getting, get an understanding. Also get wisdom. Isn't that true? And as you build on that, you will be strengthened. What did Paul finally find out? He said, man, he said, in my weakness, I'm made strong. Because of what? Because of the grace that God applied to me. Isn't that true? We, we keep forgetting about that. You're not weak for the sake of being weak. You're weak for the sake of being over, overcoming that weakness with grace. There's a purpose in it. So have you been weak? Yeah. But then Paul said, you know what I'm going to start doing? And people said, that's crazy, man. I'm going to start... Uh, rejoicing in my infirmities. In other words, when I am weak. Whenever I'm weak, I'm going to rejoice in those. You know why? Because God's going to help me by grace to overcome it. He started rejoicing. Then bring more on then. Bring more infirmities on. Because through that, I'm going to overcome that and I will become stronger through the grace of God. Didn't he say that? I, I will glory, he said, in my infirmities. Why would someone glory in their infirmities and their weaknesses? If that's, there's something on the other side, that's going to come. And he said, I know what that is. That's the grace of God bringing me strength. So when these things come, I know now I can overcome them because God's grace is there with me. Isn't that powerful? This is the thing. So let's disappoint the wicked. Let's do that because that's who it's for. The disappointment is for them. They're disappointed they can't get at you. They're disappointed they can't perform their work. Their devices don't work. All of those things. They're disappointed in it. Let's make them more disappointed. Because it's not for you. God uses it for you sometimes when you get yourself all messed up. And so he'll disappoint by not answering that prayer. He won't do what you want him to do. You see what I mean? And then he might use one of them to bring it to your attention that what? He wasn't supposed to do what you asked him to do. You asked him this. That would have been bad for you. Does God save us from ourselves sometimes, from what we think? He saves us from our thought. 
He saves us from our pity. He saves us from the worldly sorrow. He saves us from that. He saves us from condemnation. Why do we go into those things? God said, I'm here to disappoint that because that's evil. You're not supposed to be in that anyway. So I'm going to disappoint the will of the wicked. I will disappoint it. Wow. And then we walk around like we're disappointed. Didn't work. Didn't do what I wanted to do. That's right, because God's wiser than you are. (laughs) That's why. That's why it didn't work. He's going to disappoint the will of the wicked, your wicked thought, the thing that you thought you wanted, your expectation. No, God said, we ain't going that way. We're going to go the way of the righteous. We're going to go the way of the righteous. Isn't that true? There's something I want you to read. It's a neat story. The first two chapters of 1 Kings. The first two chapters of 1 Kings. And you're going to see where some things were disappointed. People made plans, things that were done. You know that we we all know about, and I'm just going to tell you a little bit here. We all know about Absalom. What did Absalom do? Tried to kill. Is, Is he his own son? His own son rebelled against him. Right? We all know the story of Absalom. Let me tell you, there's another son of his that rebelled against him too and tried to take his throne. That's what you're going to read in the first two chapters of Kings. Adonijah, the fourth son of David, tried to rebel against him and take his throne and tried to take the throne of Solomon, tried to take Solomon's place. And you're going to see that God disappointed the plan. <laughs> read it. First two chapters of 1 Kings. Man, it's so powerful. It's good reading, too. So many things are are put forth in that. You got any questions about it, give me a call. But this is where my thought went after reading that. And then I said, you know what? God was disappointed. And disappointment wasn't easy. I said, I wonder if that's in the Bible about that disappointment. And then I started reading and said, oh, my God, this is perfect. This is what God was leading me to the whole time to show me this is how it works. And you want to see an example of it? You read those first two chapters and you'll see. Man, did God disappoint the will of the wicked. But he had two sons that rebelled against him, Absalom and Adonijah. And they gathered people to him, too, the whole deal, just like Absalom did. Wow. Very powerful. So why did David have two sons that rebelled against him? You know what it is? It's prophecy being fulfilled. What did he say when he did the deal with Bathsheba and had her husband killed? Didn't he say that sword was not going to depart from his? Ah, it's the fulfillment of what God told him. <laughs> but he helped him to overcome each one of them, but he still had to face it, didn't he? Still had to deal with it. Read those first two chapters. You'll be amazed at how that is. The story is fantastic. So it's kind of an amazing thing. And then for some reason, that led me to this. This is not even mentioned here, but I know this is what the example is. That is powerful. So God disappoints the will of the wicked. If you don't get anything else out of this, get that. Don't have any regrets. Don't, have any, don't walk around and regret. I should have and I could have. No, stop. Do it now. Walk in it now. And then that will be your blessing. Can God bring those things up and redeem the time and get you back to remembering the things that were told you? Can he bring it back? Didn't it say that he'll bring back all those thoughts to remembrance? So did God lie? No, he'll bring it to remembrance. You may have to go even further along a while until it all comes back. But guess what? God will do it because that's his word. 
and his word is true. Hope you got something out of what I said today. Anybody have a question for me about what I said?